Broncos, the wellness podcast brought to you by Bronco Fit, Boise State's campus wellness department. We are found on the first floor of the Norco building and aim to make Boise State America's healthiest learning environment. We've created this podcast with the goal of bringing you quick wellness tips and tricks to incorporate throughout your day. My name is Elizabeth Bricker and I'm Hannah Campbell and we are Bronco Fit Peer Health Educators. Welcome to this week's episode of The Balanced Broncos. This week we have health educator with Bronco Fit, Delaney Jones, on the podcast to talk to us about Beyond Comparison Week. So welcome, Delaney. Thank you. Happy to be here. Happy to have you. So this week we're going to be talking about balanced eating and how to have a healthy relationship with our body. So I'd love for you to talk to us a little bit about Beyond Comparison Week and what that looks like. Yeah, absolutely. So Beyond Comparison Week is happening between February 22nd to February 26th, and it's in line with National Eating Disorder Awareness Week, which is a national campaign to bring awareness to eating disorders, kind of what they look like, the definitions of them. And what we incorporate into that with Beyond Comparison Week is also talking about body image and body appreciation, and so kind of keeping it as more of a open-ended conversation dealing with eating disorders and body image. That's super exciting. We'll touch on a little bit later in the episode kind of some of the events that we'll um, be putting on during that week and more about that later. When I was doing research for this episode about eating disorders and body image, I came across research that shows that over time our culture has increased the amount of attention that we pay as people to the food that we're eating and kind of how our body size and shape is. Can you talk a little bit about what it looks like to be kind of hyper-focused on our bodies and what we're eating and how we know when that has gone too far? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So the way that I would sum this up is the idea of diet culture. Um, Over the past few decades, we've gotten more and more focused on diet. And I think a big reason behind that is there's a lot of money in the diet industry. And so it's easy to make people self-conscious about their bodies. So then they are really focused on the food that we take in um, and also what our body looks like. So I think it's really important to remind ourselves that even though we're having all these, you know, images and advertisements sent to us, we need to remember that that's not all truthful. Um, And specifically with the generation at Boise State, it's really important to remember that Instagram is not reality and social media is not reality. And so just kind of keeping a nice balance between what is fed to us through social media and advertising and what truth is, because it's very easy to think that we need to achieve the body that we see in social media. And most times it's not achievable. And so remembering that eating is for our health and for our nutrition, not for the way that we look. And we can look at exercising the same way. It's not, we're not exercising specifically to get this body that we see on social media, but we're exercising to feel good, to reduce stress, to get a stronger heart. So kind of keeping health in that mindset versus a specific body mindset. That's great. Do you have any suggestions for how we can filter out some of those you know, more negative, unachievable influences that we're seeing in social media and in the rest of the media? Yeah, absolutely. So what I tell people to do is go through their feed and any, any account that is triggering to you, um, just 
stop following it. Um, and so if there's an account that is all about how to lose weight and how to look good in a beach body, just unfollow it because it's so unattainable for the most part. Um, and another thing that I think is a really great idea is to start following accounts that are more promoting of body positivity and they give a more realistic idea of how the human body looks. And so just kind of going through and noticing what makes you feel good and what doesn't. Um, and just paying attention to the different accounts that you follow. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about how we've kind of trained ourselves to think that there are good and bad foods and how we can not have fear of any types of foods and kind of come away from the guilt that we can have when we are eating foods that are considered to be bad foods? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And the philosophy that I try to follow is that, first of all, there are no good and bad foods. There's just food. And also to learn to eat without guilt. And that can be really hard because for most of us, we're taught that there are good and bad foods and that we should feel bad if we eat those, quote, bad foods. But this kind of brings in the idea of mindful or intuitive eating. So when we do that, we're remembering to listen to our hunger and fullness cues. And what that means is that when we're a child, we know, oh, we only want to eat this much and then you get full and then you're done. But throughout time, we're rushed with work and with school or we're pressured by people to eat less or to eat more. And so just kind of taking the moment to listen to your body is it hungry? Is it full? Are we enjoying the food that we're eating and approaching meals that way? And also knowing that we're nourishing our bodies. It's not all about the amount of nutrition that we're getting in every single bite. It's also knowing like, Hey, it's my birthday. I want to enjoy this cake and that's okay. And doing so without guilt and without judgment of the food that you're eating, because what you'll see if you approach eating in that way, it all balances out. You won't only eat birthday cake and you won't only eat salads. You kind of get a combo of both based on what your body is craving or wanting at that time. Mm -hmm. So really just learning to retrust your body and what it wants. Do you think there's any way that we can, with a healthy mindset, be counting calories or keeping track of what we're eating? Is there any way to do that in a way that's not obsessive or unhealthy? So counting calories is tough because we're given these recommendations that are really painting a broad stroke. So even if you have somebody who's the same weight and height, you know, between two different people, they might have completely different caloric needs because of activity levels or their age, what have you. There's so many factors that go into it. And so counting calories can kind of just be a losing game it doesn't really get you anywhere because our needs are so different day to day hour to hour so what instead of doing that what I tell people to do is or suggest that people do is noticing how different foods make them feel and how hungry they are how full they are throughout a meal and kind of keeping tune or even food journaling with that you know journal how you feel throughout your meals and what you're eating throughout the day and how different foods lead leave you feeling versus counting your calories throughout the day. Um, everyone has sort of a set weight that is natural for them. And if you learn to listen to your body and how much food it wants and needs, you'll actually kind of just 
hit that that set point versus oftentimes the goal of counting calories is to lose weight and it can just kind of become this obsessive habit that's not really healthy. Right. When we are needing to lose weight for health reasons or, you know, because we've talked with our primary care provider about that and that seems to be the healthy choice for us, do you feel like there are ways that we can healthily lose weight and what might that look like for someone in college? Yeah, so I think it would be more look like just making small changes. So maybe trying to eat more fruits and veggies and seeing how you feel with that. And that doesn't mean cutting out all the other foods that you still enjoy. It's also, it just means incorporating those fruits and veggies to what you're already eating. Maybe start walking a little bit, see how a 30 minute walk feels. And that might, you know, lead to hiking and it might lead to lifting weights and you'll kind of find the different activities that feel good to you and you can incorporate those into your daily routine. But I think what we need to first do is kind of focus on how these changes are making us feel. And then you might see later down the line, some, some physical changes from that. But that being said, not everybody needs to lose weight. Um, and so just kind of focusing on small change, changes in your daily habits to, to use a holistic change approach versus only focusing on weight loss because for example if you increase your fiber from fruits and veggies you'll decrease your cholesterol levels your low density cholesterol levels and that will lead to better health outcomes even if it means you're not losing weight there are benefits that are coming from that so looking at it as a holistic approach rather than only focusing on the, the number on the scale right that's important for sure I know when I first got to college and I started eating in the dining hall, you know, after I had been preparing most of my own meals, I kind of felt this just sort of overwhelming lack of control with my food and just there were so many options and I didn't have the same activity level. Do you have any suggestions for freshmen right now who, you know, are in that same position about how they can make healthful choices and kind of know how to be balancing kind of some of the more fun goodies that come with the college experience in the dining hall with, you know, still maintaining a balanced lifestyle. Absolutely. So something that I really think is a good tip, no matter what, is to focus, still focus on getting fruits and veggies in your diet. Um, No matter what phase of life you're in or phase of intuitive, mindful eating you're in, it's still important to get those fruits and veggies. So start off with half your plate having that on there. So you know, no matter what, you're getting those fruits and veggies. And it doesn't have to be at every meal, but maybe at the main meals throughout the day, just try to incorporate some of those. And then from there, take a look at what's available. What looks good? How hungry are you? Um, Do you feel like having chicken? Do you feel like having tofu? Do you feel like not having a protein? That's completely up to you. And kind of approaching it in that way. And one thing that I will say is, of being new to college and this whole different dining experience that doesn't have as much structure, notice how different foods make you feel. Notice that if you only eat cereal for breakfast, do you stay energized through your next class? Do you need to pack a snack? Um, so that's kind of when food journaling can come into, into play is just kind of noticing how different meals and foods at those meals make you feel and how energized they keep you. 
and remembering that it's okay to get full, like eat until you're full and that's okay. Um, yeah. I love that idea of focusing on how food is making you feel and impacts your body rather than focusing on, you know, what specifically it is and kind of being too focused on that aspect. I know in college, our eating habits can be really sporadic, and I hear a lot of people talking about, you know, skipping meals or never eating breakfast or that sort of thing. What are the recommendations now regarding how many meals we're supposed to be eating and that sort of thing, snacks throughout the day? So, again, this really depends on the person. Some people hate breakfast and they won't touch it. That's up to them. Um... My personal preference is three meals and two snacks, just because I know I won't be getting too hungry at any point in the day if I have those scheduled meal times. But it's up to each person how they feel about specifically breakfast. Breakfast is the hot topic for people. Yes. Beyond that, I do not recommend any sort of fasting. And the reason behind that is because when we're studying and we need to concentrate in class, we need those calories and that glucose coming in to fuel our brain. And so I don't recommend skipping a day's worth of meals or skipping dinner to get that fast in. I think it's really important to have a balanced intake of nutrients throughout the day. So the three meals and two snacks is just kind of an easy way to schedule that. And then from there, you can decide how big or small you want those meals to be. I love that insight, focusing on food as being fuel for our bodies instead of just, you know, too much attention again on on really like what it is. So that's great. I'd love to transition now into talking about eating disorders. And if we do feel like we ourselves are being hyper-focused on what we're eating or seeing our friends being hyper-focused on what they're eating and their body type, kind of what we can do to help them and what some of those warning signs might be. Yeah, I think that's a great thing to be talking about and to bring up, um, especially with Beyond Comparison coming up. And also kind of just to circle back to the idea of being new to college, eating disorders tend to pop up during stressful times in our lives and transitioning over to college and not living at home and not having that same structure can be a very stressful transition for many of us. And so eating disorders do increase during that that phase of life. So it's really important to kind of keep in tune with yourself and your friends during that. Um, so first of all, I, I often use two different terms. One being eating disorders, which is there's very specific clinical descriptions for eating disorders. But then there's something called disordered eating, which is considered the subclinical terms for eating disorders. So it's things like having anxiety around foods, kind of skipping out on certain, you know, maybe you need to cut out carbs. Maybe you need to exercise because you feel guilty about having eaten. So it's these little kind of like little habits that are formed around the anxieties of eating versus eating disorders are very like clinically defined terms. Um, so we kind of like have both. Um, that's why I like to use the term disordered eating because it's just kind of like that anxiety and guilt around eating versus those very specific terms um and so some things to look out for is what i just chatted about so cutting out certain food groups 
being hyper-focused on the ingredients of the food. Maybe if you get to a restaurant and you just have too much anxiety about ordering because it's not healthy enough for your standards. So those, those habits that kind of like dictate your day-to-day actions um, because you're too concerned about the food in front of you. Um, that's kind of when we should start to talk, have a talk with ourselves like, Hey, what's going on? Like, is this because I'm stressed? What, what is my relationship with food looking like right now? And if it is something that's going on with your friend or your roommate, that can be really tough because it's food is such a personal experience for each of us. And if we do have extra anxiety around it, it can be even more touchy. Um, so I actually just had a really good conversation with Amy Roberts, who is one of the counselors here on campus about how to go about this. And her suggestion was you can be either direct or indirect. So direct would be having a conversation with them and just kind of bringing it up in a really kind and gentle way. Like, Hey, I've noticed that you've been a little stressed out at dinner time, or maybe you, you haven't wanted to be a part of our roommate dinners recently. Um, and kind of like going about it in a very gentle way that way, or the indirect way would actually be a care report. So you can submit a care report through your dorm and just let them know, um, that you're concerned about your roommate and it'll be completely anonymous. And then a counselor can reach out to that student themselves rather than you having to do it. So indirect versus direct are two different ways to go about that. Do you think that there are ways that our own relationship with food and kind of the ways that we talk about our body and our food can be, you know, positively or negatively impacting the people around us? Yeah, I think that being aware of how you talk about bodies around others is really important because if you're, you know, hypercritical about how people look, that rubs off on the people around you. And the same thing with food. If you're hypercritical about what you think is an okay food to eat versus a not okay food to eat, people are really influenced by that. And so I think kind of keeping in mind that our bodies and the way that we decide to eat is completely individual and there's no right or wrong way. So not, not placing that judgment on how others decide to eat or how their bodies look. Just kind of be accepting of the choices that people decide to make. Definitely. And I think that our commentary in our heads that sometimes we think is natural around our own bodies and then that we speak out loud can be harmful to the people around us. So I think being just conscious of that is important for sure. Yeah. And also being conscious of kind of the criticism you're giving your own self. Um, if you are having those thoughts of really self-negative talk, be aware of that and notice the things that you have to say to yourself and remember to be nice to yourself and be kind to your body and know that you are enough. And some things that I like to, to kind of encourage people to do is remember what your body allows you to do. Like it's allowing us to have this conversation. It's allowing me to do this work that I love doing. It's, it, it allowed me to walk my dog this morning. And so there's so much that our bodies do for us beyond the way that it looks. And so kind of keeping that in mind and giving yourself those body positive affirmations throughout the day. Sometimes people think that 
only certain types of people can have eating disorders or look a certain way if they have an eating disorder. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Um, so eating disorders do not choose a specific person. It can be any gender, any ethnicity, any age. Um, and so one thing that we've seen actually is that because there's this idea that it's only females who get eating disorders, it actually goes very underrepresented in males. And so keeping an eye out on your all of your friends, not just the females. And one way that you might see it in men is that feeling of needing to be super muscular and super lean and maybe they're fasting all the time and trying to cut out macros and um, cut out different food groups and so kind of keeping keeping an eye on that as well because it can affect anybody not just the stereotypical person that you might think right definitely and even if people are overweight they can still have an eating disorder and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. so making sure we're being aware of you know people who don't maybe look the way that we think a person with an eating disorder would look yeah and there I mean one of the main eating disorders that there is is binge eating disorder and so we we have this association that it's only people who have anorexia have an eating disorder but there are many different types that go completely unnoticed because we think, oh, they don't have the size associated with an eating disorder. But coming from prior to this job, I was working in the hospital and we saw all different shapes and sizes and ages that had eating disorders, not just one, you know, stereotype of an eating disorder patient. So, yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about Beyond Comparison Week and some of the activities that are being um, put on during the week? Yes. So um, we have a few different things going on, both virtually and distanced in person on campus. So on Monday, we will have a table up at the rec center from six to seven, where you can come and grab a snack and some information at the booth that we have. And then on Tuesday, we this podcast, and then also um, we will be hosting a webinar, which is going to be with myself as the facilitator. And then we have a dietitian from the Center for Change, which is an eating disorder recovery um, facility in town. And she also talks about HAZE, which is health at every size, which is an amazing subject. And then we also have Amy Roberts, who will be on that. She's one of the um, body image and eating disorder specialists in the counseling services. So she'll be there to talk as well. So that's from two to three on Tuesday, the 23rd. And then on Wednesday, we will have an event called Shootout Talks of Masculinity, kind of talking about the idea that eating disorders don't only happen to one specific person, it can happen to anybody. And so that will be a fun little cornhole game going on in court two of the rec center from six to seven. So you can swing by there. And then Thursday, we will have a information table at the library between noon and two. So you can come by, get some info and a snack. And then Friday, we will just be doing lots of fun stuff on Instagram that you can tune into on the health services Instagram. Awesome. Super excited to um, be part of those activities. And if people can't participate in any of those things, what are some ways that they can still facilitate these conversations with themselves and their friends and their loved ones um, throughout the week. 
Yeah, I think, um, so one great resource is the Bronco Fit website. If you go on there, you'll find a page for the Beyond Comparison link. Um, that'll have tons of information and links to all these activities. And then you can also reach out to me. Um, I have, uh, under the Bronco Eats site, there is a Ask the Dietitian page. So you can submit a question there. And also going to nationaleatingdisorderawareness.org is a great site. It has tons of definitions and resources and conversation starters that you can have to kind of chat about this stuff with your friends and family or yourself and just kind of keep that conversation going. Well, perfect. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It's been great having you. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing everyone virtually or on campus. Thank you for listening to episode seven of this week's episode of the Balanced Broncos podcast. And thank you especially to Delaney for coming on and joining me today. I challenge you all to practice mindful eating and be kind to your bodies this week. As a reminder, not everything that we see on social media is truthful. Take some time this month to be aware of the negative influences that you're consuming and work to filter them out. In trying mindful eating, work on listening to your hunger and fullness cues and notice how foods make you feel. Small changes in your habits, like going for walks and eating more fruits and vegetables, are a great way to fuel and nourish your body. Check in with yourself and your friends and make sure you're aware of the signs of eating disorders that include limiting or refusing foods, eating past fullness, body preoccupation, changes in mood, and excessive exercise. Be aware of the rhetoric around your body and eating as it impacts those around you. Work on being accepting of others' choices around eating and exercise. And lastly, be kind to your body and know that you're enough. Take time to thank your body for all that it has done for you. And as a reminder, if you are a friend or struggling, please reach out to Boise State Counseling Services by submitting a care report at boisestate.edu care slash or text or call the National Eating Disorder Hotline, which can be found on their website. I hope you guys have a great week and please focus on nourishing your body. Thank you.